Hello there, this is Tony Campolo. The name of this show is From Across the Pond. You know why it's called From Across the Pond? Easy to figure out. Because this program comes to you from the other side of the Atlantic. If you're there in the United Kingdom and listening via Premier Radio, you have to know that this show is uh, constructed uh, here at, at Cabrini University, which is across the street from Eastern University. Eastern University is a Christian University, an evangelical school of Baptist roots, and uh, Eastern is committed to living out evangelical Christianity in the sense that we believe the doctrines of the Apostles' Creed. We teach that in our classes. We, uh, we uh, are deeply uh, committed to the Bible. Uh, we believe that the Bible was written under the auspices of the Holy Spirit, that the writers were guided by the Holy Spirit, to produce a book that is ideal, perfect for faith and, and practice. And we also are people who talk about having a personal relationship with Christ. For us, Jesus is not just a historical person who lived and died on the cross, taking the punishment for our sins, but that, that Jesus is here and now, and you can surrender to him and have a personal transformative relationship with him. Have you allowed Christ to transform you? He's right there with you. Red Letter Christianity. Uh, on this show, we promote Red Letter Christianity, and for a good reason. We'll explain that reason as the show gets underway. Usually, Shane Claiborne is with me on the show. He's the co-host, but he's taken off a month, and he's, I don't know what he's doing. He's probably out there relaxing in the sun someplace, somewhere. Uh, knowing Shane, uh, his idea of a vacation is going to some place like New Zealand or Australia or the United Kingdom and preaching. He, he finds that's where he gets his jollies. That's where he has his fun. Uh, so everybody relaxes in different ways. He relaxes by sharing the Word of God. Um, we're here every week at this time, and we're glad you're listening. Um, for the last two weeks, I've been talking about uh, my own beliefs, my own experiences as a Christian and, and what it means to be a Christian and to be last week, filled by the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, I make a big point when I'm speaking. Uh, I make a big point of the fact that uh, we're not saved because we've earned a lot of points with God. You know, people have this idea that God, on Judgment Day, God has a scale, and on one side, he's going to put all the good things you've done on the other side of the scale, all the bad things you've done, and if the good outweighs the bad, you get in, you're saved by how many good things you've done in this life. That's the popular media. That's what you see in movies. That's what you hear on radio so often in stories. The truth is you're not saved because you've earned the right to be saved through good works. Here's what the Bible say, says. You're saved by grace through faith. Namely, it's what Jesus did for you on the cross. When he died on the cross 2,000 years ago, he took the punishment for all the sins for which you should be punished. And if on judgment say, I am saved because I have trusted in what Christ has done for me on the cross, you have eternal life. That's what the Bible says. That's what we believe. That's what we preach. The problem is that uh, evangelical Christianity here in the United States has uh, gotten a bit messed up. Uh, in the last uh, presidential election, 82% uh, of all white evangelicals voted for Donald Trump. 
And that doesn't make you good, that doesn't make you bad, but very often when they made their vote, they were saying something more than we're voting for this man who in so many ways has, uh, has done things which cause questions to be raised about him. Uh, sexist things have been said. Um, uh, his policies are somewhat questionable to many uh, people who, are, uh, who should, in fact, raise questions. The main problem that I have uh, with Donald Trump is that he hasn't been a great spokesperson for the poor and the oppressed people. It seems to me that if you read the red letters of the Bible, and on this show we propagate what we call red-letter Christianity, we have actually set aside the word evangelical, and we're not calling ourselves evangelicals even though we have evangelical beliefs. We call ourselves red-letter Christians because the word evangelical has become somewhat clouded because so many white evangelicals have identified with the policies of... Uh, of Donald Trump. Uh, what he's doing right now is he's trying to change our health care programs. Uh, Obama tried to provide uh, health coverage uh, so that poor people could go to the hospital and get, uh, get care uh, without worrying about paying for it. We have uh, something like 14 million children in America who have no health coverage. That means when they have go to the hospital, they can be turned away uh, because they can't pay for the health coverage. And you say, that's incredible. It may be incredible, but that's the reality. We're saying that uh, as evangelicals, we want to care for everybody who is poor. We want a society that takes care of all people who have health needs, whether they're rich or whether they're poor. So he's going to cut benefits to the poor. You say, and what's he going to do with the money? Are you ready for this? Because his program is to give tax breaks to the rich. Now, it's not as bad as it sounds. What Trump and his followers believe is if you give tax benefits to the rich, the rich will use that money and invest that money in businesses, in industries. Uh, the rich getting these tax breaks will invest the money. And that money invested in businesses and in industries will create jobs. And poor people who are unemployed will find new opportunities for employment and hence will be able to earn enough money to take care of their health needs, to take care of their uh, social problems. Uh, you know, so he's going to cut tax benefits. He's going to cut tax uh, necessities for the rich. He's going to give tax breaks to the rich. And you, you say, well, yeah, but how will uh, America end up paying for all the things that he, it has to pay for? The answer is we're going to cut benefits to poor people. Well, we don't think that's very Christian. We think what Jesus did was came with good news for the poor. Read that in the fourth chapter of Luke. Jesus came and he started his ministry by saying, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has called upon me to bring good news to the poor. And here in America, it's not good news to the poor to hear that the President of the United States is trying to put through tax bills that will cut benefits, health benefits, to the poor. Now, there are some things that, you know, to just give the poor a tax, a, a check 
uh, a handout is one thing, but we're talking about health care here. It's not good news of the poor to cut benefits, health benefits to the poor, in order to give a tax break to the rich. That's not good news to the poor. I think you'll have to agree with that. Uh, a very famous woman here in the United States is Arianna Huffington. Uh, you probably see on your side of the pond uh, references to the Huffington Post. She has a, a post, a website that, in fact, uh, gives all kinds of news items and articles and essays and editorials. You, uh, the Huffington Post. I have to say this, uh, that Huffington, Miss Huffington, uh, was converted to Christ through a Greek Orthodox priest. She's Greek, as her name uh, would have indicated. Arianna Huffington is Greek, and she goes to a Greek Orthodox church, and her priest uh, led her into a very profound relationship with the resurrected Christ. When I asked her about her politics, because she is uh, a political commentary commentator of the highest sort, her website is about political commentary, uh, she said, well, I judge a politician by one thing above all else. I want to know what that politician, if elected, is going to do for those who Jesus called the least of these. You say, what does that mean? Go to the 25th chapter of Matthew. Go to the last 12 to 15 verses of that chapter. And uh, Jesus says this, on Judgment Day, I will ask you a question. I was hungry, did you feed me? I was naked, did you clothe me? I was sick, did you care for me? I was in prison, did you, meet, did you visit me? I was a stranger, did you take me in? For inasmuch as you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. What Jesus is saying there is quite simple and quite direct, and it's this. Look into the eyes of a needy person, whether that person is hungry or homeless, or whether that person is uh, sick, or if you visit in a prison and look into the eyes of the prisoner. If there's an immigrant, look into the eyes of that immigrant. Look deeply, and if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, and you look into the eyes of a needy person, somebody in that category of need, Jesus refers to such people as the least of these. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll have an eerie awareness that Jesus is staring back at you. I use that phrase because Mother Teresa used it. She said, as I cared for dying people, especially dying people who are dying because of AIDS, when I looked into their eyes, I always had this eerie awareness that Jesus was staring back at me. The same Jesus who died on the cross. The same Christ who will enter into the life of any person who invites him to be a living, transformative relationship. That same Christ is waiting to be encountered in those who Jesus calls the least of these. Go to your Bible. Go to the closing verses of the 25th chapter of Matthew. And you will read there that Jesus says the least of these are the poor, the homeless, the sick, those who don't have clothes to wear, who don't have food to eat, 
those who are hopelessly imprisoned, those who are refugees and need to be taken in. Look into their faces. Look into their eyes. And if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll have a sense that I am looking back at you. On Judgment Day, you will be asked, whatever you have done to the least of these, you've done to me. Jesus says, on that day, there will be some who say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and not feed you? When did we see you naked and not clothe you? When did we see you in prison and not visit you? When did we uh, see you a stranger and not take you in? And Jesus says, when you failed to do it to the least of these, you failed to do it to me. When you did it to the least of these, you failed to do it to me. My very good friend, Jim Wallace, says that when he was still a university student, he had a conversion experience by reading those verses. And he began to understand that the Jesus that his parents taught him about the Jesus that he learned about in church, that Jesus was waiting to be encountered, waiting to be felt when he looked into the eyes and in the faces of those who were in need. I love to tell the story about walking down Chestnut Street in Philadelphia. That's my city. Eastern University, where I teach. Uh, Eastern University, where uh, we put together this show for you folks over there in the United Kingdom, is just outside of Philadelphia. One of the main streets of Philadelphia is uh, Walnut Street. Uh, Chestnut Street is the other main street. I'm walking down uh, Chestnut Street one day, and this homeless man is walking towards me. He's covered with soot. He's a dirty, filthy homeless man. His huge, greasy beard and his smudged face. He's holding in his hand a cup of McDonald's coffee. And he's yelling and screaming at somebody who isn't even there. I'm sure that as you've wandered the streets of London, you, you probably have met these people who probably are somewhat schizophrenic, somewhat crazy, I guess you would say in vulgar terms, yelling and screaming at somebody who isn't even there. You usually cross the street and walk on the pavement on the other side to get away. Well, this man was walking towards me. He's holding in his hand a, a cup of McDonald's coffee. The filth from his beard had smudged the cup. And he's yelling and screaming at somebody, and I don't know who. And he spots me, and he yells, Hey, mister, you want some of my coffee? To tell the truth, I really didn't want any of his coffee. But I knew the right thing to do was to take a sip. So I, I said, sure. I took the cup, gripped my teeth a little bit, and then took a sip of the coffee and handed it back to this homeless man. I said, hey, you're, you're getting generous giving away your coffee to people you don't even know? You're giving away your coffee to strangers? What's gotten into you today, fella? He said, well, the coffee today was especially delicious. And I figure if God gives you something good, you should share it with people. I said, oh, no. This sucker has set me up. It's going to cost me $10. I said, you want something from me, don't you? He said, yeah. I want a hug. <laughs> to 
to tell the truth, I was hoping for the $10. He put his arms around me. I put my arms around him. And then I realized something. He had me in a bear hug, and he wasn't going to let me go. I couldn't get away from him. People are passing on the street. They're staring at me, hugging this dirty, filthy, greasy, homeless man. And I'm embarrassed. But little by little, the embarrassment turned to awe and reverence. And I could hear Jesus echoing down the corridors of time, saying, I was hungry. Did you feed me? I was naked. Did you clothe me? I was sick. Did you visit me? I was that homeless man on Chestnut Street. Did you hug me? For if you did it to that man, you did it to me. For the same Christ who died on the cross for your sins chooses to present himself sacramentally to those who are in need. And he says, come love me here. And if you don't love me here, you don't love me. The Bible says, if any man says that I love God, but doesn't love his brother or his sister in need, that person is a liar and the truth is not in him. Couldn't be any clearer than that, could it? And Jesus says, here are the great commandments, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. This is the first commandment. The second is likened unto it. To love your neighbor as you love yourself. On these two commandments are hanging all the laws of the commandment. Listen to the words. And the second is likened unto it, which is to say the second is the same thing. You love God by loving your neighbor, especially the neighbor who is in need. I mentioned Arianna Huffington just a moment ago and said that she evaluated politicians with one question. What will you do for those who Jesus called the least of these, the poor, the oppressed, the downtrodden? She says quite eloquently, the rich can take care of themselves. It's the poor that need for us to reach out to them and love them and meet their needs. Thus, uh, to be filled with the Holy Spirit is to recognize Christ's presence in those who are in need. I ask you, are you doing that? That's what makes you into a social radical. That's what makes you into somebody who, in fact, becomes committed to justice for the oppressed, justice for the poor, the oppressed, the downtrodden. If Christ is in you, uh, when you see races oppressed, and the United States African-American people have experienced great oppression, when I reach out to African-American people in love, demanding justice for them, I'm doing it for Christ, because Christ is waiting to be loved in them. When refugees are looking for help and hope, I reach out to them because I find in them the presence of Christ waiting to be embraced. And so it is that, uh, that there it is, what it means to be a Christian. I'm here every week at this show. Usually Shane Claiborne is with me, but he's on vacation this week. So uh, if you're tired of me, be sure to come back next week because Shane will be back next week and we'll be on the show together again. Shane, of course, is one of the more popular speakers in the world today. In my day, I was pretty popular, uh, but I'm an old guy now. I'm 82 years old. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm an old man. Um, I, and I'm so glad that Shane has come along because he's picked up the baton and he's running the race that I was running for so many years. 
you can find out about Red Letter Christianity by going to the website, redletterchristians.org. Did you get that? redletterchristians.org. Or if you choose to do snail mail, which old guys like me uh, choose to do, uh, the address is Eastern University, 1300 Eagle Road, St. David's, Pennsylvania, 19087 USA. Again, Eastern University, 1300 Eagle Road, St. David's, Pennsylvania, 19087 USA. I answer all the letters that come my way, so if you write, you'll hear from me in return. Um, Red Letter Christianity is an important movement. Uh, we know that uh, the 20th century was a century in which uh, Christianity had to fight against the kind of uh, uh, radical thinking which questioned the authority of Scripture, which questioned the divinity of Christ, uh, which uh, kind of watered down the gospel. And so the evangelical movement came along uh, to say, we're going to return to those doctrines. Uh, they put out a series of, of books called The Fundamentals of the Christian Faith, in which they articulated the doctrines of the creeds and said these are the things that Christians must believe. Well, evangelicalism was into that. But in the popular mind here in the United States, and I think it's true in other places in the world, like in the United Kingdom across the pond, uh, the word evangelical has become too uh, closely allied with, uh, with uh, a movement uh, that has scary ramifications. The Barna Foundation here in the United States, which does statistical studies on evangelicals, said when the secular society is asked of, their, of what they think of evangelicals, here's what they say. An evangelical is somebody who is homophobic, is down on gays, who is uh, a male chauvinist, who's down on women, who is anti-environmentalist, who tends to be supportive of uh, war and, and guns. and uh, I mean, and many of us who say, wait a minute, that's not who we are. And that's what led some of us who believe the Apostles' Creed, who have a high view of Scripture, who talk about salvation as a gift of God through Jesus Christ, beginning to call ourselves red-letter Christians. This is a movement now that has tens of thousands of people around the world who are beginning to call themselves red-letter Christians. Um, you can write to me here at Eastern. Um, I gave the address just a moment ago. Uh, Tony Campolo, Eastern University. Uh, 1300 Eagle Road, St. David's, Pennsylvania, 19087 USA, and we'll send you a wristband. I wear a wristband that said redletterchristians.org. Go to the website, check us out, read the essays. Every week new things are posted on that website uh, that will give you perspectives on how we're viewing things. Uh, you can respond, you can write, you can uh, come back to me, you can uh, do our blog. You can respond to articles that are posted on that website, redletterchristians.org. It's a new movement, and we want you to sign up and become part of that movement. Go to the website, redletterchristians.org. Learn about us. We need for you to identify yourselves as somebody who says, I'm going to take the teachings of Jesus seriously. 
Now, I have to tell you one thing, and I have to say it loud and clear. I do not live up to all the things that Jesus has called me to be. You say, well, then why do you call yourself a new, a red-letter Christian? Because I'm pressing in that direction. We're people who say it's not enough just to believe the doctrines. You also have to commit yourself to living the kind of life that Jesus prescribes in those red letters of the Bible. You know, you get some of those old Bibles and the words of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus are highlighted in red letters. That's where we get our name, red letter Christians. We are not only people who want to be doctrinally sound, following the teachings of the Apostle Paul, but we want to be people who live the radical life that Jesus has called us to live in the red letters of the Bible. Gandhi once said, everybody knows what Jesus taught except for Christians. Well, that's sad. The truth is we want to become Christians who are known for following the teachings of Jesus. Jesus said, you are my disciples if you do whatsoever I command you. Thank you for listening. Be sure to stay in touch with us. And as I've emphasized over and over again, go to our website, redletterchristians.org. And if you're looking for a Christian university, Eastern University is where you should go. You hear?